everyone, and welcome to the Church Changer Podcast. We are so glad you could join us. My name is Lauren Berkerich, and I'll be one of your hosts today. And I'm joined by my co-host and my pastor, Tim Lucas. Hey, Tim. What's up, guys? Exciting to be back for our second episode. Hey, if you're a church leader or you're looking for practical advice, just to help you lead more effectively in turbulent times and really reach more people for Christ, you have landed in the right place. Absolutely. And I'm so excited about our topic today. Our promise to you today is to share best practices to empower female leaders in your ministry. The truth is ministry can be a male-dominated workspace, especially when you're talking about leadership. But for everyone listening, know there is a pool of talented, capable, creative, and passionate female leaders in your midst. And we're going to talk about how to unleash those female leaders today. Now, Tim, as the man in the room, do you think this is a sensitive topic for a lot of leaders? Or maybe it's just typically unaddressed. What's your take? Well, I mean, when you look at the landscape of churches today, I think you'll see a split along gender lines. You know, you typically have something like 55% women, 45% men. I think that's trending upward to more of a 60%, 40% split in a lot of churches. So you have a majority women in the congregation, but for many churches, the leadership is male dominated. And I just think we're missing out. Women of incredible gifting and talent like yourself, Lauren, um, valuable voices that I have found have deepened my own understanding as a senior pastor, really enriched our ministry. And when I look at the life of our church, Liquid Church, um, it really was a, a 70-30 when we started and we planted the church. It was like 70% men in leadership to female leaders. But today it's 50-50 and we are so much emotionally healthier, spiritually more holistic. It's really been a wonderful change for us. Lauren, what's been your experience in ministry? You know, I don't actually think this is a topic unique to the ministry world, right? Mm. Uh, you could look at the world of finance, for example, and you see a hierarchy where men dominate the leadership ranks. But as a woman, in every job I've had, you take notice. You assess the environment to see if there's room for growth, for influence, for leadership. And being totally transparent, when I started at Liquid Church seven years ago, I noticed that the senior leadership team was all men. You noticed that. I did, 100%. Um, it signaled something to me at the time. Okay. Um, but that's no longer the case. And I can tell you, I remember the day several years ago now that two incredibly smart and capable female leaders joined the senior leadership team. Mm -hmm. It signaled to me then that women throughout the organization, there was actually no lid on our leadership. And so speaking of high capacity female leaders, we actually have one with us here today, which we're very excited about. So Tim, who is our guest? We are joined today by Kyra Montañez, who is part of our senior leadership team at Liquid Church. Did I roll the R right, Kyra? See, si, you did great. <laughs> <laughs> Kyra serves as our pastor of campuses. So she oversees and was responsible for all seven of our church locations, as well as our campus leadership team. So she oversees a wide swath of pastors and leaders and Kyra is also part of our teaching team. Um, she was grafted into our teaching team. We saw a gift in her, and sometimes we'll tag team preach together, which has been a joy. And Kyra's journey at Liquid is pretty remarkable. Um, she's a lawyer by training. It's bilingual and started actually as a volunteer. Do you remember this, Kyra, translating my sermons in Spanish? I'll never forget the Hyatt Kitchen. 
<laughs> the Hyatt kitchen, a windowless room, and yes. you would translate it into into Spanish. And we just kept, she crushed it. And we just kept giving more and more opportunities for Kyra to lead and spread her leadership wings in Liquid Family, at our campuses, and she crushed it at every level. And now she's part of our executive leadership team and pastor of campuses. So I think you're the perfect person to kind of talk about this because you've really been on a journey. You have kind of climbed that ladder. You've ascended to the highest levels of leadership uh, at our church. It's a fast-growing, multi-site church. And you're one of the most trusted voices in my ministry world. So we're excited to host you as our first guest. So let's go ahead and dive in. Well, Kyra, as Tim said, welcome to the Church Changer podcast. We are delighted to have you with us today. Guys, it is my pleasure to be here. Thanks to you, Lauren, and to Tim for actually inviting me on as your first guest. It's an honor. I've been looking forward to it. So why don't we actually get started by learning a little bit more about you? Tim gave us some teaser information, but we want to hear about your family, where you're from, how you ended up in New Jersey with us. And as you do, tell us about your journey to senior leadership as well, because you started as a volunteer at Liquid Church, and now you're helping to run the organization. Sure. So I'm originally from Puerto Rico. That's really how you roll the R's. <laughs> That's <laughs> impressive. Uh, like Tim said, I am a lawyer by training, um, but I was born and raised in the church. In fact, I always say to people a little joke that I was born on a Tuesday late for a prayer meeting on Wednesday. So it was that kind of upbringing. <laughs> uh, my husband and I, we have two wonderful kids, but our youngest son has Down syndrome. And so 10 years ago, we moved to New Jersey because of him. His name is Andy. And I remember someone in my local library had told me about liquid. And so we came on a Sunday morning, and I'll never forget the first person that I saw at Liquid Church handing out programs was an adult with Down syndrome, which I later found out is the son of our executive pastor. That's right. But I had never seen people with disabilities serving in such a front-facing way at a church. And so I just knew it took one second for us to know this was going to be our church home. So I have been working for Liquid. Actually, next month, it'll be nine years, which I'm incredibly proud of. And I started, like uh, Lauren, like you said, as a volunteer in our Spanish translation ministry. Someone asked me, do you speak tongues? And I said, si, espanol. there I became volunteer staff leading the actual team and then when my kids started going to school full-time I joined our staff on a part-time basis and I worked in our family ministry I think about a year later I joined our ranks as full-time staff working as our campus coordinators uh, which oversee all of our Sunday service logistics all of the outreach and teams and then three years after that I joined our pastoral team I became Liquid's first female campus pastor of our broadcast campus. You shattered the stained glass wall. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I I have to tell you, I did that role with a lot of joy for three years. I loved being a campus pastor. And then I joined our teaching team, uh, also becoming the first female to be part of that team. And about 18 months ago, I transitioned into my current role as pastor of campuses. I joined our executive senior leadership team, and now I get to work with incredible leaders overseeing, like Tim said, all of our locations and the campus leadership teams. 
So I, what's the point? I promise you, listeners, we are not. I'm not telling you all of this to give you my resume, <laughs> <laughs> but to actually, I want to highlight that in every step of my journey at Liquid, there was always someone on the other end, both male and female, who put me in positions that stretched me as a leader, but then simultaneously mentored me through it all. I'm gonna want. I'm gonna want to hear more about that because yes. I think it's it's not just about opportunities for promotion. It's about the mentoring that comes with mm. it. So put a pin in that. I want to hear more about I will. That. And that's the key part. So I'm excited that we're going to talk about that. But actually, one of those women uh, that mentored me was Katie Cole. And I want to give her credit because many of the things that we're going to talk about today, many of the best practices that I'll share today, I actually heard from her. She has been a wonderful mentor coach uh, to me. And she was the person that I originally heard speaking about many of the things here. So Kyra, you're speaking from firsthand experience. I know that you have a huge passion for empowering female leaders. So in the course of this conversation, just to kind of set it for our listeners, who are you speaking to? Is it the men who you're, you know, are listening? Is it specifically those in leadership roles or does this apply to everybody? Well, you know what, Tim? First, I, I just want to recognize that the topic of females in church leadership can be controversial. Right. And as someone who's been in church her whole life, I want to start by very humbly saying I actually respect and love people on all sides of this theological debate. That's right. This isn't a theological podcast. We have listeners all along the spectrum on this issue. But let me frame this topic a little bit, because we have listeners who have a complementarian view of ministry. Um, The complementarian view says that men and women are equal in value and worth, but have different roles and responsibilities in the church that complement one another. Now, in the complementarian view, typically the role or title of pastor is reserved for men. That's kind of like the church that I grew up in. Now, at Liquid, we have a more egalitarian view, affirming that men and women are not only equal in value and worth, but because all believers are now one in Christ, right? Like Paul says in Galatians 3.28, he says, there's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. In other words, because of our unity in Christ, men and women can serve in the same positions of church leadership. There are no restrictions based on gender in the egalitarian view. So women can serve as pastors, teachers, senior leaders. And can I just say, as a lead pastor, I praise God for that, for getting to serve alongside two sisters like you, both Lauren and Kyra. Um, At Liquid, we have gifted women on our senior leadership team, uh, serving as directors and pastors in key leadership roles, sitting on our board of trustees. This has been so healthy and so rich for us as a ministry. It's brought a much deeper, richer perspective spiritual health, and I really feel like emotional depth to our culture as men and women serve alongside each other as brothers and sisters united in Christ. Now, I want to be clear. I think this issue of gender roles is a secondary issue for Christians. In other words, it's not a matter of first importance, and goodwill, Jesus-loving, Bible-believing Christians can agree to disagree. In fact, I have close friends who hold very different views all along the spectrums. I have friends who are strict complementarian. Another is kind of a modified egalitarian, drawing a line at the role of senior pastor or elders. But I really feel like Christ followers from different traditions can agree to disagree on this issue. We can still have a high view of scripture, a love for Jesus, and praise God, we'll all be in heaven together. But as senior pastor, regardless of where you land, I believe unleashing female leaders in your church and ministry, it's a vital issue. Maybe now more than ever. What do you think, Kyra? 
Well, I love that you framed it so well, because that's important to say from the outset, we're not advocating for a change in theology. Instead, what we want to do today is we actually want to encourage our listeners to do more for the women in your church, regardless of your theology. So with that said, I'm actually going to be speaking today to three groups. First, I want to speak to the men. Men, you hold the majority of leadership roles in churches. We're going to talk a little bit about that. And you have the power to open leadership doors for women. Now, here's the key. I know many good-hearted men who actually want to pour into the women on their teams, but they may be scratching their heads. Like, why, they, why is it that there seems to be an invisible barrier to recruiting and retaining high-quality female leaders. So that's one group. But I also want to talk to seasoned female leaders. Ladies, I just want to tell you, your presence in ministry and your faithfulness makes a difference. It actually matters that you show up, and it matters how you show up. So here's my thing. If you have the power to open doors for other women, Resist the Queen Bee Syndrome. What, Can we say the, that? The Queen Bee Like <laughs> Beyonce? What's Queen Bee well, Syndrome? <laughs> it is. You know what? The Queen Bee Syndrome is actually women who haven't learned that God has room for everyone at the table. They actually believe leadership and influence are scarce. But that's oh, not how I God's see. economy okay. They're the queen bee, and they don't want any other women challenging Correct. their influence. It took a lot of women oh, find that uh, it takes them a lot of time to get into those spaces. And so then oh. they believe, well, if I give up something, there's going to be less for me. But we all Got know it. that's not how Got God it. works. Exactly. Uh, and then the last group that I want to talk about or talk to today, it's actually our up-and-coming female leaders who are in the early stages of their leadership journey. And I just want to say, be encouraged, ladies. I am praying this conversation today actually helps see helps you see your potential, but also your pathway more c- clearly. And then, of course, regardless of what group you belong to, whether you are men, seasoned female leaders, up-and-coming As we dive into our conversation today, I want everyone, this is the challenge, that as we're speaking, what we're going to speak about, I want everyone to think of one woman, one woman that you know you would like to develop this year. Well, let me ask you this, Kyra. What's the problem you're encouraging us to work through today? Is the bottom line that there just aren't enough women in significant leadership roles, roles of influence? Tim, this is the bottom line. Everyone in the church world is actually thinking about rebuilding our churches, regathering momentum, and rebuilding our ministries post-COVID, yeah? Right. yep. Here's the key. Women are the backbone of whatever strategy you're actually building for the post-pandemic church. Why is that? Why do you say they're the backbone? First, more women volunteer at church. Number two, women give twice as much in tithes and offerings. Is that right? They control the budget in a lot of the households. No. <laughs> it's because actually it's the same in my house. <laughs> in our family. Okay. Women represent 60% of church attendance. Right. And they control the schedule. Think about if you want, we just had our high school retreat at Liquid this past weekend. If you want your high schooler to show up at the high school event, guess who's making that call? It's the ladies. Hmm. The problem is that only 10% of church leadership roles are held by women. And when you add to that the fact that many men still subscribe to the belief that they can't or that they shouldn't mentor women, then you have an invisible barrier that actually is keeping you from recruiting and retaining high-capacity, quality female leaders. 
I'm already loving this conversation. I'm agreeing with everything, Kyra. (laughs) (laughs) But everybody, we're excited because Kyra's going to drill down on this and make this super practical for us because she's going to share three trends that most impact women today and then three best practices to reverse those trends. So before we dive in, let me just encourage everyone listening, go ahead and check out our website, churchchanger.com slash podcast and download the leader guide for this episode because we are going to summarize all the content there. Plus, we're going to add in some bonus content and tips for you. So if you feel like you've missed anything, don't worry. It's in the leader guide. Okay, Kyra, the first trend that you actually highlight is that COVID has driven nearly 3 million women out of the workforce. This is unbelievable. What's actually happening here? It's a staggering sum. It's a staggering statistic. But here's what happened, right? So when COVID uh, first hit two years ago and all of the schools and all of the daycares started to close, women's double shift went through the roof. And what do I mean by the double shift? What I mean by that is all the work that women do after they finish their full-time jobs. Mm. Ladies, if you're listening right now, give me an amen, because you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Women close their laptops, and the second shift begins, right? There's dinner to make, there's children to bathe, there's homework to help with, there's grocery to shop for. It's actually a reflection of the 75% of women who carry the mental labor of home life during the workday. Now, that being said, I know that men today, and my husband is one of them, so I do have to give men a shout out. Men today help more at home than at any other time in history. Mm. But the reality is that COVID actually pushed more women than men out of the workforce because of all of these challenges. Yeah, it's incredible. I mean, and we can even resonate those of us that survived it. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many months did I go in the pandemic with a baby on my hip, you know, working with a a child on my hip? So I can understand those who just said, hey, I have to take care of my family and bow out of the workforce at this time. But what do we actually do as leaders, Kyra, to reverse this trend? Well, that's why it's so important, because we want to be careful that a temporary situation like a worldwide pandemic doesn't become actually a permanent situation and keep women out of the workforce on a permanent basis. So I want to talk today about best practice number one, which is to upgrade your people practices. And again, I have to give a shout out to my friend Katie Cole. She has a wonderful book called Developing Female Leaders. She gets into much more depths about this practice than we will hear. But for brevity's sake, I'm going to limit um, upgrading your people practices to one thing which is a flexible schedule. And Lauren, I'm actually going to use you as an example because you are the perfect example for this. You have two wonderful boys, Hunter and Archer. You have one girl on the way. Congratulations. And they're all below the age of five. So Pray we for know. me, everyone. We will. We will. <laughs> Pray for Lauren, no doubt. At the same time, though, you lead a department in our organization. You have a team that reports to you and you report to our lead pastor, Tim. So no doubt you are a very busy person. How do you make it work? I think part of the answer, and I love your thoughts, is you have a flexible schedule. You work from home several days. Mm-hmm. You take meetings over Zoom. I also I always enjoy seeing one of your boys pop up in that camera. <laughs> hey, can I just can I just chime in yes. here? There was an amazing moment a few weeks ago, right, Lauren? <laughs> We're on a Zoom, and Lauren is a rock star communications director. Yes. Who sets our helps out our preaching calendar, all, the whole thing for the year. Incredibly high capacity. And you, I felt for you because you're having this Zoom moment 
and it was either Hunter Archer who like sticks his head in the frame and goes, Mommy, where's my Batmobile? <laughs> it was actually great. It kind of broke up the meeting a little bit. But just dealing with that, just seeing like yes. you're literally being pulled in every direction. I could see it on my, my laptop. Lauren, one of my team members, said she said to me, I am so impressed by Lauren Berkridge. Her boys are on her, and she does not lose focus. She does not say, That's um, right. she does not stutter. It's amazing to watch. <laughs> but obviously, you're expecting now, and so you have also time mm-hmm. to book your appointments, go to your, all of your checkups. And whether you're in person or you're working from home, you have a very strict guardrail of four o'clock. Like everyone at Liquid knows there is no way that we are getting a meeting with you after four <laughs> o'clock because that's when you're mommying hard, right? Like that's your day, time to pick up your boys. That's bath time. It's dinner time. It's time for you to be with them. Now, here's what I love. And I think this is what we communicate. Sure. That by providing you with a flexible schedule, Liquid is actually telling you, we trust you enough to know you're going to get your work done in a schedule that works best for your life and your needs. But I love your thoughts. What do you think about it? So as I'm hearing, this is funny hearing somebody else describe you, right? You go, <laughs> why would somebody hire her? <laughs> How could she possibly function in this high capacity role when she has five littles um, when, you know, she has to do daycare pickup yes. at 4 p.m., all of this. But I just want to encourage you, if you're listening, don't make that assumption for mm. the women in your congregation okay. or on your staff, um, because, first of all, God equips us, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. He He doesn't limit us to wear that one hat. He does equip yeah. us to do that juggle. And... When also, when you give that flexible schedule, I have to say, I have never had more gratitude for a workplace, Mm. more love, more loyalty, and a desire to do well for Mm. this organization. Like, my heart is 100% in. And part of that is because the recognition of I'm a whole person. Mm. Right. Right? Right. I have. Yeah, my first ministry is to my family, Mm -hmm. but I can have a second ministry to my church. And somehow, I got to be honest, somehow God does equip you, and it all gets done. But it wouldn't be possible without that flexible schedule. Honestly, I would be forced into making a choice. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's, this is incredibly powerful. You know, one of the things that I think um, a gift that COVID gave us is for a lot of male leaders like myself, I literally got a window (laughs) into the home life (laughs) of many female leaders. And it was an eye opener. And candidly, I like what you said, as as men, don't project don't say no for mm-hmm. a female leader and say, right. well, they can't handle it. they got too many things going on. I think that's one of the things where you do actually see sometimes gender differences. Mm-hmm. For instance, a lot of guys like myself, we kind of have tunnel vision, right? So when I see you, Lauren, where you're like, you know, hey, I've got a macaroni on the stove. I'm doing the Zoom and I've got a baby here and I'll get back to you in a minute because my husband's on it. I'm just like, oh, my gosh, this is so overwhelming. I could never do that. And you know what? That's true for me. <laughs> I could never do that. But I am married to a high-capacity woman. Mm-hmm. You guys know Colleen. Absolutely. We've all spent time together. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a CEO of a, of a, of a media company. And um, I am always amazed how she is able to multitask with the, e- with the ease and grace. Literally, I would have steam coming out of my <laughs> – like you get the rainbow beach ball of death spinning on my hard drive. If I had to handle those many things. So we tend to project our own limits, I think, sometimes on the capacities of others. But don't say no on behalf of female leaders. So, Kyra, 
you kind of you've said that fewer women you believe are using their talents and gifts at churches today. Why is that? Well, let me give you some numbers that will help make sense of this, okay? So think about it this way. 61% of women make up most of a church's Sunday morning attendance. At the same time, only 10% of church leadership roles are held by women. So on the one hand, it's confusing because you're like, well, why are there so many of me but yet so little of us in positions of authority. Mm. And quite honestly, it can feel a little discouraging. So that brings us to best practice number two. How do church leaders raise up and elevate women? Best practice number two, be a door opener for female leaders. Now, what do I mean by that, right? Well, in our context here at Liquid, being a door opener for female leaders, it really is about two things. Putting females in positions that stretch them as leaders and then simultaneously mentoring them through it. I think the mistake that many churches make is that they say no for women, they shy away from putting them in positions of influence, and then they make it actually harder for women to even gain access to coaching and mentoring. But my pushback to that is, there are a lot of women in your churches who have killer marketplace experience. That's true. Right? Like I was a lawyer before I became a pastor. Lauren, you were a journalist before you became our communications director, now our digital director. And we're not the only ones. There's actually women with marketplace backgrounds like ours mm-hmm. sitting in your pews on Sunday morning. That is so true. And if you're in a position of senior leadership, again, just talk to maybe some of the lead pastors here. Um The way that you introduce and empower female leaders, I understand if you're coming from a more traditional approach where that hasn't been the norm and you're trying to do that, it needs to be steady and incremental. That's why I appreciate about your patience, Kyra, in this, because again, you started very, you were just like, hey, I'm here to serve the Lord. I volunteer. I do Spanish translation. But as you then join staff part-time, full-time, we did that incrementally because we saw, hey, God has given you a gift as a communicator, a teacher. You have a love for his word, a, a vibrant walk with Christ. And uh, before you were on the teaching team, you actually were just doing what we used to call the 411. Do you remember that? Oh, I remember. My tagline signing off was, hasta luego. You remember that? That's right. That's right. <laughs> These were the video announcements, yes. right? I think a lot of churches would do video announcements. And and Kyra was kind of the face of that for, for a while before becoming the campus pastor at our largest broadcast campus. Now that's significant. In other words, we gave her a secondary stage before we put her on the main stage. That's just a principle for developing leaders, male or female. But she kind of shattered the stained glass ceiling as she became the campus pastor. Again, not of a, a you know a minimal role, but at our largest broadcast campus. So it was a high profile. And that kind of led the way. Now we have three other female mm-hmm. up and coming campus pastors. Now, you were faithful with that for, were you three years, I think? Three years, yes. Three years, and she did the hosting so well, uh, midwife ministry moments, leading communion, speaking at baptisms. I said, man, Kyra has a teaching gift. Mm. So she was faithful with what we gave her. And then I remember inviting you to sit on a panel of female leaders. I remember. Remember that? Yes. Three of you guys on the couch and just talk about your perspective as women. I think it was maybe a Mother's Day or something. And she crushed it (laughs) and just earned the opportunity. I thought, you know what? Let me give her a chance to teach one point in a message, in a Sunday message. Again, that's how we kind of integrate people into the teaching team at Liquid. We say, let's give you one point, and can you be faithful with that, concise, theologically on point, and make an impact? And then uh, you did so well with that, we tag team preached a message uh, together to model kind of male-female perspectives and how how a healthy male-female mm. ministry, what does it look like? Because there's f- so few models for that. 
you'll sometimes see a husband and wife team, but what does it actually mean for people who are happily married, but they're male and female, mm-hmm. to work together as brother and sister in ministry? And uh, Kyra, again, did it did it so well with such integrity, the preparation. Uh, we said, eventually, let's have you do your own standalone message, and we'll do it on Mother's Day, right? Yes. It wasn't just like a token, like put a woman in on Mother's Day. We said she really has something to say, I think, in a way that I can't as a male leader. Can I just say, as a woman in the pews hearing that, mm. that resonated. I'm, a mom is talking yeah. to me, yeah. right? It, yeah. it actually makes sense speaking from your own experience. You're actually having yeah. this relational exchange. So I just want to say that was such a win, not just for Kyra as a leader, but for our entire congregation. Our whole congregation. Mm. I realize she's adding a depth, a nuance, a more holistic view that I simply can't. I can spend more hours in my study, but I cannot give you a female perspective on the pressures of balancing home and work life. So what was so important though, and this is key, because a lot of people look at like, okay, that's now it's higher profile. To me, the integrity of the process was the mentoring that went on behind the scenes. And to me as well. Yes. I mean, well, first of all, the fact that you have you're endorsing what is happening by coming alongside of me publicly, letting our congregation know this is actually something that you feel very strongly about, and you're willing to actually give that endorsement. I remember you and Colleen introduced me on that Mother's Day message, right. and so that actually like saved me from now being put in the spot for asking about questions that people may have had about why is now a female teaching the word? They actually would go to you because right. they right. signaled That's right. I'm endorsing her, and I always felt so thankful yep. that you did that, so Thank you again. I'll publicly say it again. I've always felt thankful that you did that. No, it was a joy to do. Again, again, as senior leaders, you have to model it. You have to be the door opener. So guys, you hold the door open for the woman. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. You don't give up that. It's not chivalry. This is about unleashing female gifts in the body of Christ. And so a lot of it was behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyra, we, we kind of used manuscripts at Liquid, and she would script out her message, and we would go over it page by page. Yes. Point by point, we'd, we'd craft certain words and you know what scriptures fit, and, and we did coaching and feedback from a panel of people. Tim, that, I'll never forget your first uh, coaching feedback. You're like, let me say it to you bluntly. These sticky statements are boring. <laughs> oh my gosh, I don't remember. Did I really say that? But I was so thankful that you did because I'm like, I don't remember that. This wow. is the best. Com- well, you probably don't remember, but you never forget feedback like that. <laughs> oh gosh. But here's the thing it was perfect because I'll never forget thinking I am getting coaching by one of the best communicators that I have ever had the privilege to work. I am like, I'm going to soak everything that he can give me. And the goal for me has always been less correction. So right, even now, right, right, two right, years right, later, right. I still feel like, okay, let me look at previous corrections, previous coaching. What can I continue to carry forward? So there's always less. Well, here's the thing, though. I appreciate And I, I don't remember that. And I, I just want to apologize. <laughs> no. That sounded a little bit too blunt it for even good. me. It was truth with love. I needed uh, to hear truth it. Truth with love. Um, but the reality is you didn't take it personally. No. You didn't pick up your marbles and go home and say, Tim said my sticky statements were blo- you know, were, were, were boring. Um, what I've always appreciated, Kyra, is you take that coaching and you say, okay, let's work on this. Show me how you craft a, a more concise sticky statement. And we worked on that over and over, back and forth, back and forth, until you got up with Sunday for the confidence. Mm-hmm. And then when those landed, I don't say it again. You actually carry that learning forward into mm-hmm. your next sermon that you write. Yes. So that's such a valuable thing. You can't fumble the football when it gets handed to you, right? You can't say like, oh, I'm, I'm not playing in the game and there's elbows and there's, you know. But also I feel there's a, there's a le- lesson here for the women listening. Respond in humility because a yes, lot of the women yes. sometimes feel like they have something to prove and that 
is it messes it up. Humility has nothing to prove. Yeah. Pride has everything to prove. So right, I didn't have anything right. to prove. I'm just soaking everything you want to give me. I'm grateful for your time, grateful for your coaching. Yeah. So there's it's not personal. And there's something unique about that because I would say my posture has changed over the years because when I worked in the marketplace, you did feel like you had something to prove. Mm. Like there was a little bit of like you have to claw your way to the top. Mm. You have to right. fight for that promotion. And when I transitioned into ministry, I actually went through a heart change. Wow. Of just, wow. no, this is God did a work in me. I'm just here to serve. Right. And in the position yeah. I'm in. So it was interesting. There was never a time where I was chasing after, you know, a promotion. Um, it, it's more along the lines of God has just had me on this journey. And isn't it amazing that you actually realize the work is always better when more people give you feedback about it. And so in the end, you feel grateful and actually excited yeah. because now you know this killer, this content is killer. Right, right, right. You know, it's often said, right, talent opens the door, but character keeps you in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's what I've experienced with both of you ladies, Lauren and Kyra. You have never you know, demanded, you know, more influence or you know, promotion or anything like that, you have just humbly, keyword humility, faithfully served, crushed things with excellence and always led with integrity. That that for me is number one. You know, when you have 100% confidence, I know if I hand either of you something, it's going to be done with the highest level of excellence and honor. And now, Kyra, you're mentoring other women as pastor of campuses. Which is really exciting. So when I became the pastor of campuses at Liquid, I led a team of all men. And I remember one of my SMART goals for that year was, I'm going to add one female campus pastor to our team. Well, of course, we know. God really loves to spoil his children. Can I just say that? Because he actually gave me three wonderful female leaders that were able to join our team. They became campus pastors all within the last year. They were all women who had prior leadership experience or they had been leading at Liquid already in other roles. They were leading teams. They were managing events, being responsible for logistics. But every single one of them was going to be stretched in their role as campus pastor for different reasons, right? But the door opening, here's the key, right? It comes not just from putting them in that position in the first place, but actually mentoring them through it. So in the year that they have been leading their campuses, I'll just give you a couple of examples of things Mm -hmm. that they and I have been working on. Things like stage crafting, right? So that they can develop their communications voice. They want to exert their spiritual influence from the platform, not as a female leader, but actually as a pastor. Uh, We've been working on curating relationships with big donors in their campuses. Help them transition from, hey, how do you go from managing staff who used to be their peers, but now are going to be actually their direct reports? So those are some of the things that I can name that we have been working on as part of this idea of mentoring people simultaneously while putting them in positions of influence. So what's the application for our listeners? Regardless of your theological position on where you feel females should serve and lead at a church, you can be a door opener. In your context, it may mean that you give females a chance to vision cast in a huddle, or you actually help them build a volunteer team. In other contexts, it can be putting them in charge of creating and managing large budgets, right? Or in still other contexts like liquid, it can be public speaking or preaching. But the idea is simple. Give a female leader the opportunity that's going to challenge her, but then mentor her through it. Such a good word. I love that. And everybody, the third trend that we're going to turn to right now is actually tied to a stat that we've mentioned 
it's that only 10% of church leadership roles are held by women. So what can we do about this, Kyra? There's a lot, a lot that we can do. And I want to start by saying, if you want to understand the holdup to a culture of female leadership, you got to understand the pushback. Mm. Make sense? Yep. So the pushback for women actually comes from two categories, the stained glass ceiling, which Tim has referenced, and the sticky floor. And again, I want to credit Katie Cole for coining both terms. The stained glass ceiling are things that aren't in a women's control because we're not in charge. So, for example, think about equal pay for equal work. We don't decide that. We can't change it. Equal titles for equal work, Mm, right? There may be context in ministry where uh, men and women do the same work, but one is called a pastor, the other one is called a director. You can't change that because the woman is not in charge. Uh, Budgets assigned to ministry areas. You don't get to decide how much your ministry area is going to get. So those are examples of what I mean by the stained glass ceiling. On the other hand is the sticky floor. And how we define the sticky floor is all of the attitudes and actually learned behaviors that women do to themselves that keep them from growing in their leadership abilities. So the sticky floor is very different for every female. I want to give you some examples. If you're a female and you ask for permission to give your opinion, even if you have a seat at the table, that mm-hmm. is a sticky floor. Like you're almost apologizing mm-hmm. for yes. having a voice. Okay. Yes. Uh, staying silent in meetings and just taking notes, even though you may be the subject matter expert of that topic or be the person with the most experience. Okay. A lot of female leaders feel pressure to do it all. And it actually hinders their ability to ask for help that they clearly need. And that's always exacerbated in the church world where budgets are tight, resources are scarce. Women feel like, I should just be thankful to be a part of the work so I can't ask for help. But they need it. So it becomes a sticky floor. Or waiting to apply for a job until they feel 100% sure that they can do the job. And I want you to contrast that with men. They're actually ready to apply if they feel that they can do the same job, even at 60% capacity. (laughs) So I love the men's confidence. (laughs) Women, we need more of that. That's incredible. (laughs) You know, it's so interesting because I've always seen myself as... I'm pretty vocal. I express my Mm -hmm. opinions. I'm not that shy. But I actually do see myself in some of Mm. these statements. Interesting. So it's interesting that you might not even be aware of it. Right. Correct. Right. Right? It's kind of ingrained in you. Just culturally been shaped that way. Yeah. Yes. So if you want to create a culture where women can actually lead, you're actually going to need to slow down especially if you're a male leader, and seek to understand, hey, what are the sticky floors or roadblocks that are currently keeping my female leaders stuck? So, for example, if you have a female leader hesitant to take on a new role that's going to have more responsibilities, how can you coach her that what she needs to do is lead at a higher level, not just add more to her full plate? You've done that very well. Like when you, you. Were recently transitioned in and we gave you some more responsibilities, it wasn't like just, hey, Kyra's doing a great job. She's high capacity. Just pile more, more on her plate. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you want something done? Ask a busy person. Yes. Right? It's not about that. That is that is actually unkind. That is not Christ-like, right? Where you're actually crushing somebody. But you said – if you promise to come alongside and teach me, I want to learn better how I have to work differently. 
I've got to work differently. I've got to delegate more. I have to empower more people. Got to have a yes and no list. Who's going to get my time? Who's not going to get my time? What am I saying no to? Who am I going to disappoint first? Yes. Yes. Take on these new responsibilities. That's so critical. What what else, Kara? So I think another one would be if you have a female leader who's constantly minimizing her voice with qualifying statements. Like how many of us have been in meetings and you actually hear someone say something and then at the end they add this little tag. Does that make sense? I totally do that I sometimes. I do that too sometimes. I'll be honest. I do it. More because of my ESL than anything else. <laughs> but how can you challenge that female leader? Hey, for the next month, I want you to issue your opinions in a meeting and don't ask if it makes sense. Hmm. Challenge her to remove those words from her vocabulary. Crutch words and phrases that oh, just yeah. kind of undermine jo- it's the opposite of confidence. You're kind of like, I've never really thought this through. And, Correct. and so you're undermining your own thoughts. Correct. Okay. So when leaders find out, hey, what's the sticky floor for the leaders on my team, in my organization, in my church ministry context, then the result is going to be, there's going to be an integration of male and females in leadership positions, in decision-making mm. processes, in budgeting decisions, and in roles of authority and leadership. So... We need to challenge everybody listening right now. Kyra led with this, but we're going to remind you because this can seem overwhelming. Mm. But just think about one woman. Can you put that picture in your mind? Who is that woman who you could develop and unleash this year, putting all of this kind of into practice? But Kyra, what is a word of encouragement? Because some people might be overwhelmed by, man, there's a lot of ground to take here. Yes, but don't be overwhelmed. Okay, so I want to give two words of encouragement for women and men. So for women, I will share some of the best leadership advice that I ever got from a female leader who was way ahead of me. And she said this to me. She And she actually wrote it in a card for me. Always say yes. Ladies, always say yes. Take advantage of every opportunity that's given to you. Don't underestimate the leadership voice that God has uniquely given to you. Because like Lauren said earlier, if he's called you, he will equip you. So do multiple things at once. Challenge yourself to take on big challenges and don't be afraid to add to your plate. Now, I'd imagine there'd be a caveat there, obviously. R- Sabbath rhythms. Of course. Season of life yes. of children, et cetera. Right, right, we, don't, right. we don't indiscriminately say yes to everything. Yes. But you're just saying your posture should be one of like, I'm capable. Exactly. Yes, we want to embrace healthy rhythms in ministry. So that's a great caveat. But, but don't with, count yourself out. Absolutely. So in the right. same way that we tell leaders, don't say no for women, I'm telling women, say yes. For yourself, if it fits within your ministry uh, and season of life. Now, for the men, which I get, it can feel very overwhelming. So I just want to give you one tip to start. Start by asking questions to your female leaders, female leaders that you know and you trust. And I want you to go to them and ask them, hey, what's it like to be a female leader in this church? And then just listen. Listen well. Take some notes. Look for common themes or experiences. I know it's a scary question, but you know what? It actually is going to help you define the current reality of your culture so that you have a better understanding of what are some of the best practices that we've discussed that you need to tackle first. And I think that you're actually going to be pleasantly surprised that you're doing better in some areas that you even realized. And in the ones that you're not, it's a wonderful opportunity to get better.
So as part of our podcast each month, we want to spotlight some churches who are crushing it. They are making waves, doing great work. They are a church changer. And it's not just about giving them a shout out, but also pointing to other healthy models of ministry to inspire your own. For anyone working in ministry, a great habit to form is taking the time to explore the work of other churches. Don't operate in a silo. So today, we want to spotlight a church who is empowering female leaders. Kyra, we actually asked you to go ahead and bring a recommendation. Who would you like to spotlight? Yeah, I have to give a shout out to our friends at The Journey. They are a church in Delaware. And so last spring, we hosted an art conference at Liquid, and I gave a talk titled Unleashing Female Leadership. And I had the privilege of meeting Pastor Abby Ecker. I'm going to give my friend Abby, my girl, a shout out. She is the next steps pastor at The Journey. Uh, She sits on the executive team. She reports to Pastor Mark Johnston, their lead pastor. And Abby is one of The Journey's secondary communicators. She shares the platform with the senior pastor. And so she and I have actually developed a friendship over emails and Zoom calls. I love everything that this church is doing in regards to female leaders and actually their willingness to develop, to mentor, to train them as I've gotten to see it through Abby's own journey there. So they do a a wonderful job. That's awesome, Kyra. You can learn more about the journey online at yourjourney.tv. So shout out to my brother, Mark Johnston and the journey, an amazing church in Delaware for making waves. Now at Church Changer, we are going to end each episode with a segment we're calling Something Fun or Something Free. That means we're always going to end on a high note with a little levity or a giveaway. And today we're actually going to do both. Up first is our giveaway for the ladies listening. We want to recommend the book to you. It's called Find Your Leadership Voice in 90 Days by Katie Cole. That's who we've been referencing throughout Mm -hmm. our podcast. The first three ladies to email us, go ahead and email us directly at info at churchchanger.com. And I'm going to go ahead and mail you a free copy of the book. Now, Kyra, you actually recommended this book. Why are you such a fan? I'm a fan. Lauren, I'm a sucker for anything that you can accomplish in 90 days. It speaks to my Enneagram 3 loving heart. (laughs) But uh, truthfully, I love this book so much because it intersects leadership development with spiritual formation which is key for every female leader. And it gives women practical advice based on biblical theology. You read two pages a day, hear about, and Katie gives you practical tips on how do you apply what you're learning. So if you are a woman and you are struggling to believe, I have a unique leadership voice that God specifically gave to me. Mm -hmm. This is a book for you. I want you to continue to develop that book and I would highly recommend it. And now for something fun, let's just pull the curtain back for a moment because, you know, Lauren and Kyra, you're wonderful leaders in our church, but you're also moms of young children. <laughs> We've had some fun stories where being a mom and ministry leader collide. Lauren, maybe you go first and then Kyra, you get the last word. Yeah. Tim, you have been witness to many of my most embarrassing mom moments, right? The pandemic just changed everything. There Mm -hmm. really was this division of, I do family over here and I do work over here. Um, And now you get to see it all. So I have two toddlers. I've done countless Zooms with the kids in the background, but they wait until two things happen before they speak up. First, They know instantly when I unmute myself. (laughs) 
And second, they know when I'm either on a call with Tim, who is my boss, okay? He's my <laughs> boss, or our executive pastor, Dave. So um, my two toddler boys, these are things they've contributed to our meetings recently, just like within the last month. Uh, Mom, you're talking too loud. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Mom, I have boogers in my I nose. That one. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> yes. yes, a bunch of us yes. were on. Yeah. Archer said that twice. The two times I muted myself, it was a very large meeting. He said that. <laughs> and my favorite, this one, you know, you guys said before that nothing throws me. I just keep going. This one, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> Mom, I have to poop. <laughs> so can we just say this is real life? Yes. And to those listening, when something similar happens to your female leaders, your humor true. and grace in those moments will go so mm. much further than you can ever imagine. So true. So when Tim laughs along or sometimes threatens to make me a sermon illustration, <laughs> <laughs> it's a gift. He knows I'm juggling, but he still trusts me. Absolutely. Kyra, what about you? That's amazing, Lauren. Um, (laughs) Mine actually happened, well, we're filming this in March. So mine happened last month on President's Day. I was leading a team in the auditorium of our broadcast campus. My daughter was with me because it was a school holiday. She had no school. And I'm leading the meeting. Our team is super focused on content that we were developing for an event. And all of a sudden, my daughter comes out onto the platform and in a loud voice does a spot on imitation of myself. And she goes, hello, Liquid Church. It's Pastor Kyra here. And like they say in Spanish, bienvenidos. Okay, Pastor Tim, back to you. And I'm like, oh my gosh. the enti- She totally crushed our team meeting. But thankfully, the team was super gracious. Everybody laughed. And then when she got off the stage, we went on like nothing happened. So I was thankful for that. <laughs> They're always learning. That's yes. also the challenge, right? They're absorbing everything. Great conversation today, ladies. I truly feel blessed to serve Jesus with each one of you. Uh, Kyra, thanks for joining us, just sharing your wisdom here. It's so practical. And before we go, a couple resources for you guys. Remember to go to our website, churchchanger.com slash podcast. You can download the leader guide for this episode. It has a summary of today's episode, bonus resources. We'll put in relevant links to everything we talked about, plus some discussion questions for you and your team. It's totally worth the free download. Plus, we'd love it if you guys would subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you're listening. And if you enjoyed the show, here's the challenge. Leave us a rating or review, help us get the word out, or just share this with one friend who you think will enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening, guys. We are cheerleading for you and can't wait to chat next time.